Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, the Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. Well, we've made it to episode 69 of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast, and we're certainly that you've been with us on the journey. Make sure you get the word out. Let people know by your Facebook, Twitter, text, whatever you use to get the word out uh, that uh, Connecting Faith to Life is available this week for them to listen to. Um, We've been talking about worldview over these last few uh, weeks and the importance of it. And uh, one of the things that we need to understand is human nature and what what, uh, human nature is all about and being human and humanhood and personhood and all those things working together. We once again have our resident expert. Smart boy. uh, Exactly. Logan Cato here with us to help us uh, get through this and hopefully give us some understanding about it. So, uh, Pastor, kind of give us an idea where we're going with this. Yeah, it's a good day to talk about human nature, isn't it, Pops? Oh, boy, is it ever. We're going to see some human nature come out today, aren't we? (laughs) We are. This is Election Day. We are recording on Election Day. You just walked in from voting. I did. What time did you get in line this morning? I was in line at uh, 6... 25 or so, something like mm. that. How so, long did it take you to get through the line and through uh, the whole process? Two and a half, oh, two hours and 15 minutes. Two hours and 15 minutes. Yeah, and I was before the, the polls weren't even open when I got there. So wow. I had to, I was hoping I'd get in and out, but the machines broke and whatever. So it's cold. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I have one of them big old huge heavy coats on, so I was mm. all right. And I was drinking coffee. So, But you did your American duty. I did it. You feel like a citizen of the USA I, today. I feel like a citizen for the first time in four years. I early voted, which was the first time I ever have ever early voted. So it's kind of a weird feeling. I didn't get up and go to the polls today. Don't have to worry about <laughs> it. I'm done. So how did that, I mean, how long did it take and all that stuff? Well, I'll have to be honest with you, Pops. Yeah. And we talked about this, and I, I, and I said I wasn't going to do it, but I did it. Uh-huh. I sent in an absentee ballot. Oh, mm-hmm. well, you can do that too. There's I, I nothing did. wrong and with that. It was really cool. I mean, I, you know, you, you hear all the media stuff now and it, you're going to get lost in the mail or in a dumpster somewhere, whatever the case may be. But I, I tracked it, so I know it got there. Amen. So it, it's there. Uh, and then Stacy went and early voted last week and she waited in line about two hours. Well, so I, I guess it doesn't matter if you yeah. early vote or if you vote on the day, you can wait in line about two hours. Yeah. Yeah. So just be ready. Exciting if you're listening times, to this today. Times. And yeah. so today, we might see some human nature come out, right? Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens with this election today. But but it is a good day to talk about human nature because if you think about it, as we go to the polls and vote today, there are, like we've already talked about, competing worldviews uh, with different worldviews having a different understanding of, of what's truth. And here we are, believers of Jesus Christ, the church, trying to help others understand what truth is and and what a biblical christ-centered worldview looks like and 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 really if you think about this idea of worldview one of the 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 things that's coming out of this worldview conversation that we're having in in our world is what does it mean to be human Mm -hmm. you think that's pretty common sense trey right yeah, it seemed like we would know that, but but we don't totally misunderstand. And you think about just some of the issues we've we've walked through as a culture, especially here in the United States mm-hmm. over the last 10, 15 years, um, homosexual marriage, and now the big one is the LGBT 
Q. I think there's some other letters that mm-hmm. go along with that as well. But but that whole movement and and do I get to define my own gender or is gender, yeah. how does that work? And, and so there's all kinds of issues that are coming up in our culture that, that really get to the heart of what does it mean to be a human being? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, it is uh, different times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the culture has a lot to say about that, and the Bible also has a lot to say about what it means to be a human being. So we want to take a, a moment and, and briefly give you an idea of what the culture says it means to be a person and then compare that to what the Bible says uh, it means to be a person. And so Logan well, is going to help us through this, amen. right, Logan? Glad to be back with y'all. I've got, am I, am I the most recurring guest now? You are the you have most to be, yes. recurring guest. Yeah. There we go. I like it. But but when we're done with you with this series, it's going to be a long, <laughs> long time before we have you back on. Oh, your beard will be down to here then. That's yeah. right. You so better that'll make it good. Be, that'll be you pretty better cool. better make it good. Um, so, Logan... We've, we've talked through this before in another context. There's a helpful book written by a lady named Nancy Piercy. It's called Love Thy Body, and she does an excellent job of helping us think through what it means to be a person, and she does an excellent job of giving an overview of um, uh, personhood from a secular perspective and then also from a biblical perspective. And so we're going to talk through some of the things that, that she talks about in her book, Love Thy Body, and if you want more information about what we're talking mm-hmm. about, that would be a great resource to grab. So help us to think through this house of truth, and, all, and we got to move quickly. We're going to talk about three truths about being a person, but before we get there, talk about this house of truth and how that helps us think about what the culture says about being a person. Yeah, so Nancy Piercy was a student of Francis Schaeffer. Um, he's a Christian theologian, so several helpful works, thinking about worldview, Western thought, um, and how that how that matches up with Christianity. Um, so she, Francis Schaeffer, he really, he, he looked at the Western history of thought, and this is a long convoluted history, but very simply, he said that in the Enlightenment period, um, what happened was that there, there became this house of truth. And on the bottom level of that house was science. And so that type of truth was public. It was objective. It was valid for everyone, right? So mm. everything about the Enlightenment, um, the scientific method, everything that rose out of that. Well, what happens in the Western history of thought is that things like theology, morality, which are private, subjective, and, and relativistic in some senses, that got moved to the upper layer, upper level of the house. Okay, okay? so we have a house divided. Um, so science, the objective truth available for everyone, that's good. That's on the lower floor. We can all access that. So we can talk about that together. We can agree on that mm-hmm. together. But the, the big move that was made was things like theology. So what we think about God, mm. right? This, this was one of the first times in human history, especially in the West, as it happened, things like theology, morality, that got moved to the private sphere. Okay. So you Things can we be- don't talk about in public. That's right. You can believe what you want to about that. It's subjective. What's good for you is doesn't have to be good for me. Um, and so we saw this this divide, this this house divided, where where theology, morality is on top, science is on the bottom. Um, so the academy took this and they just split this into facts and values. So okay. we can see very simply facts that tracks with science. Okay. Right? Bottom level. Bottom level. Values, things that you value. Value are private, subjective, relativistic. Those are on the top level. Um, and so that split into Western thought. We have the Enlightenment tradition I just mentioned, modernism on the bottom floor. On the top floor, the Romantic tradition, you may have heard of that, really where postmodernism gets mm-hmm. its roots from, um, stems out of that. And so what what does all this have to do with human nature? That's a good question. That's the question, right? Um, what Nancy Piercy is very helpful in this book and some of her other works, she has a book called total truth, finding truth. She's, she's very, very helpful, clear thinker, clear writer. Um, she discusses 
this modern idea of personhood theory. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what do we believe to be about true about human nature, which a lot of people in our culture and society would hold to, this view of personhood theory, yeah, yeah. using the same house of truth model. So that on the bottom level, the things that we should all agree on, right, that, that humans have a body. Mm. Okay, we know okay. that. We know that. Got it. Looking at yours. Yep. Hands, yours is fingers. getting old and wrinkly, but you got one. <laughs> Thank you again for mentioning that. <laughs> Go ahead, Logan. Sorry right, so about just, that. No, just I, the, it was not a pop, podcast episode unless I say something about Trey's right. age. Thank you, brother. Okay, we got done. Out of the way. Keep moving. But So the body, which is an expendable <laughs> biological organism, right? It's just biological. You're just material, right? That, that's your mm-hmm. body. That's on the bottom floor. We can all agree on all that. All agree on that. But what does it mean to be a person, mm. right? The person actually has moral or legal standing. Okay. Okay. But that's been moved up to that top level. So it's very subjective, right? So this creates a problem. And so, okay. So back the train up, man. So what we're saying is what we've done is we've divided the human. There's a material, right? A body, but then there's something higher than that person upper level yeah and you get go ahead i'm gonna interrupt no, you. so so that you, we could call that the person or the soul right okay. we, we use we can use that language here now this isn't new to human thought if you're familiar with greek thought at all this is exactly what they did so take our our example from our biblical literature mm-hmm. right the greeks and early romans they would have easily divided the body and the soul right they thought the body was something to escape from absolutely and so when you died your soul went away to be free because it was in this prison of the body Certainly not a Christian Christian view, but in our modern context, we have this person body divide. So, how does this show up in our in our modern world with with problems or issues that we may have? We've already talked about one in the past couple of weeks. What about abortion? Mm-hmm. This Big is time. the major question, yeah. right? No one disagrees that the fetus is a is a body is a biological human, right? Right. The question is whether or not that that fetus is a person. Mm. Right has moral or legal standing, mm-hmm. right? Okay. And so, but when person is subjective, then we can start moving the marker on well, when do you become a person? Mm. Is it after you're born? Is it three months after you're born? Is it a year after you're born? What constitutes as being a person? When it's subjective, that becomes a hard question to and answer. And when it's subjective, you get to decide. Correct. Right? Someone That's, gets to decide. Right, right, right. So for for the case of abortion... Someone gets to decide. But for the case of someone who's been born, someone who's struggling with a gender identity or the case may be, you get to assign yourself your gender or the case may be, right? Because the person is subjective. Mm. You or someone else gets to determine who you are rather than the biological characteristics or the way that God has created you, correct? Yeah, this is this is just Greek thought repackaged, mm. honestly. Um, okay. and, and the word that we use to describe this is a dualism. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we believe, we don't believe this, but this this mode of thinking would say that there's a dualism, that there are two substances. You have the body, you have the soul or the person. And those two things are very distinct from one another, and they don't really have bearing on one another, um, is what the this Greek thought, this this current really in our, in our modern context would use this thinking of dualism. Okay. Um, if strictly, if you think back to our worldview, episode when we talked about just from a material standpoint scientific that would just be monism they just believe there's one thing there is no soul right you're you're just nothing but biological matter um but for christians right we believe that there's a body and a soul okay but we believe that those two things are integrated into a unity okay so these are the three truths we want to get into right um 
One, we believe as Christians that we do have a body. That's undeniable. And from, from, from a Christian perspective, what do we believe about the body? So we believe the body is good. Mm. Okay, now this is, this this kind of Greek thought, this what's going on in our culture right now can can seep into our Christian understanding of the human person. A lot of people hate their bodies. Yeah, so for someone who maybe holds the personal theory, the body's just expendable. It just yeah. is what it is. Yeah, right. It's, it's just nothing more than a prison that you're trying to escape. Yeah. Right, but we believe. Right, we look at what what is at, at creation. God creates man and woman. Mm-hmm. He gives them a body. He breathes life into them with the soul, and He sees that as very good. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, we there's several verses that we can look at. Psalm thirty two three forty four twenty five sixty three one Proverbs forty one twenty two um, twenty one through twenty two. All treat the body as good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. This is one of the reasons we believe about the incarnation. Jesus came in human flesh. Mm. Just because he thought it was good and, yeah. and worthy to be redeemed. Psalm one thirty nine also works into that when it says, "I'm fearfully and wonderfully made." That's right. And it says, "You knew me in the, my inmost being when uh, the parts were knit together and all those things." So even then, in the Old Testament, it was understanding this. You know, it's, this is not just some New Testament Pauline concept. This is also New Old Testament. So yeah, yeah, it's fascinating to me for sure. And and we get this in our everyday lives, right? We don't inherently separate our body and our soul. Right. If if we put our hand on a hot stove, we say, I'm hurting. Mm-hmm. My hand hurts. Yeah. Right. I, I identify with my body. Um, and that might seem like common sense or but it's very important that we uphold that, that the body is good. Mm-hmm. It was created good. It's distorted by sin. Mm-hmm. Right. So we it's know fallen. that, right? I when when I get into new creation, I don't want this body. It's falling apart. I'm going to die one day. I want I want a new and redeemed body. But that's exactly what the gospel says, yeah. is that Jesus is going to redeem our bodies. Yeah. So you think about personhood theory, Trey. When when Logan's talking about personhood theory and just this divide between body and soul, what's interesting to me is that someone who holds the personhood theory, I guess intuitively, right, Logan? They know there's more. They know they're not just a body, mm-hmm. but they don't put it together, right, that— it's an integrated whole because we believe as followers of Jesus, we have a body. We believe we have a soul. So what's the significance of the soul for the follower of Jesus? Yeah. So this is where, what, what happens? What, what does Paul say to be absent from the body is to be present with, present the, Lord. with, the, present Lord. with the Lord, right? So we believe that according to scripture, according to Christian orthodoxy, that when the person dies, your soul separates from your body and goes to be in the presence of the Lord, mm-hmm. right? Jesus, thief on the cross. He said, today you will be with me in paradise. You, yeah. Mm. You, right? Um, so we believe that when you die, your body is here, your soul goes to be with the Lord, whatever that means, you're in the presence of God, mm-hmm. right? But that's not what we ultimately want, right? okay? And a lot of people may have never heard that, maybe don't think in these terms, but while that's a very good state, that's not the ultimate state we want to be in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Right? First Corinthians chapter fifteen. This is so important. We we have this soul, but we are not who we are fully if we're not united with our bodies. Yeah. And so you think about it, uh, especially I think for us, Trey, um, as pastors and and growing up in the church, we put a lot of emphasis on dying and going to heaven. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that's that that's that's the ultimate goal is yeah, to leave this body. And to be with Jesus. And I think, Logan, I think in part, you talked about earlier just the, the Greek and uh, uh, the philosophical mindset of escapism. I think for some Christians, that's what we want, mm. right? Escapism. Get me, get me out of this body, get me out of this, thing, yeah. me out of this world, and get me 
in heaven with Jesus, right? So I can mm-hmm. float in my cloud and play my harp or the case may be. But the biblical doctrine isn't escapism. Certainly there's going to come a time when if, if Christ does not return before we die, right, our souls are going to leave our bodies. But that's not the end of the story. We have a body. We have a soul. At some point they're going to separate because mm-hmm. of, of death, and we're going to be in the presence of Christ, right, our souls. But that's not the end of the story. Right, Logan? Amen. Yeah, right. First, I mean, First Corinthians 15, Paul could not be more clear on this. This is why, right, we say that Jesus lived the life we couldn't live. He died the death we deserve, but he rose again so we could have life. Mm-hmm. This is why the resurrection is so vitally important, right? Yeah. Paul says without the resurrection, we are of all people to be most pitied because mm-hmm. we have no hope. Mm-hmm. If Jesus did not raise from the dead, what's the significance of Jesus raising from the dead? He rose again so that we can have life. What does that mean? That means that one day our souls will be reunited with yeah. our bodies. And so we talk about these three truths, that we have a body, yeah. we have a soul, uh, we are a whole person, right? There's not a divide, a dualism. I mean, there is a sense, right? You, you used a fancy phrase there, but that the ultimate goal is that, you know, that, that body and soul are united forever. Yeah, right. And, and so, so all sides of the spectrum, obviously we want to uphold the value of the soul. And mm-hmm. our current culture and society that's what they're trying to do in all of this, mm-hmm. right? To support whether, whether it's abortion or euthanasia or LGBTQIA rights, all these things. We, want, we all want to uphold the value of the soul. Mm-hmm. Where I think Christians, especially in our current context, have a really unique opportunity is that, hey, yes, we want to uphold the soul, but we equally want to uphold this body. Yeah. Right. And that they're integrated together to form a unity. Mm-hmm. All that integrated substance dualism is a fancy term, but this that's what we mean, right? So, from the point of conception, mm-hmm. you are a person. Mm. From the point of conception, you are a person. If you a are a unique God-designed person, right for for a purpose, right for a purpose. And then at the at the other side of life, right if if you're in your late nineties or whatever it may be, and your body's falling apart, and if you're in a vegetative <laughs> state or whatever it is, right, you're still a whole person that God wants to love and know mm. and be in relationship with, and you're to be valued Absolutely. because of that. Right? You hear that, Pastor? I'm to be valued. You're, you're, as old you're to as be I am. As old as okay. you are. We got it. But And that's where the euthanasia thing comes in. Yeah. Right. I mean, where Flipside, that yeah. body is is it's worth still living. Yeah. And that's why we give so much so people can live, you know? Mm. Yeah. Hospitals and all the things we do. So, anyway. Yeah. But the, the idea of this this two-story house, see, as Christians, we don't hold to that. We wouldn't say that there's this two-story house. It's one level. Yeah, I like a good one-level house, man. I can't stand walking hey, upstairs, right? right? <laughs> good one-level house that says, no, 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 this body, the biological, the substance is important. This person, the soul, all these things are important, but they're integrated together. And we don't want to try to rip those apart because this is this is where all of our personhood stuff in our culture stems from this issue that people don't agree on this. Yeah. Um, so as Christians, it's not that we're trying to bash people upside the head and say, well, well, you're dumb for not agreeing with my point of view or whatever. It's so that we can speak gospel truth into people's lives because yeah. people are hurting yeah. because oh, they yeah. don't understand that they're a whole right, person. Right. So yeah. you think about this, this issue of personhood and the divided house and the the issues that come along with it, whether it's abortion or euthanasia or transgender issues. I think I'm right in saying, right, Trey, right, Logan, that, that at the end of the day, for those who are struggling with this personhood idea and where it's become so subjective, there really is a search for value and significance. Mm. 
I'll have value if I identify this way instead of the way that God created me, right? And what we're saying as followers of Jesus is you already have value. You are valuable. You are valuable because you are made in the image of God by his design, the way he wanted to create you for a specific purpose. It's not a matter of finding value Mm -hmm. by identifying a certain way. It's you've already got it. Mm -hmm. Live out that value uh, in a way that honors Christ and let us help you understand what it means to find that value in Christ, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and this is... You see why this is so important. So when we talked about worldview, there was these five areas that every worldview has a a stance on. And this is anthropology or human nature. Everyone has a belief about this, whether they can articulate it well, whether they know why they believe it, whatever it might be. So when you're having conversations, talk to people about this. Figure out what do you believe about the human person? What do you believe happens at at conception? What do you think happens when you die? Mm. The Bible gives us all these answers. Right. Right, scripture tells us this, these things. We don't have to run from these conversations. But we want to be able to have these conversations intelligently so that we can communicate the gospel clearly to people yeah. that need to hear it. Absolutely, absolutely. So you mentioned Psalm 139, Trey. Mm-hmm. The, the, just the idea that before you were uh, born, right? God knew you. He, he created you. He, there's nowhere you can go to escape from his presence. He knows you. He knows you as the person that he created you to be. And mm-hmm. this really is a, such a... a Uh, a timely topic because we do see this struggle in our culture trying to figure out what does it mean to be human. You would think it's common sense, Mm -hmm. but it's not. There's a real struggle here, and just opportunity we have as believers to speak into this. I do have a question, I think, and maybe you can help me think this through. Okay, someone uh, says, I was born this way. Mm. Okay, so in, in, in their minds, they are saying, okay, this is who I am created to be. Whether they use the word created or not, I don't know. But you understand what I'm saying. They're saying, I was born to be uh, a woman. I was, you know, this is, I, I felt I was like biologi- a woman. Yeah, biologi- biologically, I was born a man, but I, you know, yes, who I really I am w- is a woman. I really am a woman. So, uh, or somebody says, you know, I was born with homosexual tendencies, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, so then how do you speak that through with them or talk that through? And I know this is a struggle because even Christians say, yeah, I, I hate that you're born that way. And the question is, we're all born into sin. I understand that, but how do we say, okay, I was born into a this how be, lifestyle? Yeah. How do you begin to talk through that with someone who's struggling? Yeah, so we start with creation. Again, as as we're Christians talking about these issues, lay your cards on the table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Throw your presuppositions out there. Right. People don't want you to blindside them. Yeah, yeah. And, and just say, hey, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I believe the Word of God. I believe this is what it says, and I think this is the most logical worldview that really explains our reality around us. I start with creation. What did God create us to be? Right? Man and woman. Man and woman created us for for these purposes. And then what happened? And this is what we got to talk about. We've got to be so clear about our doctrine of sin. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. That it has affected everything. Mm-hmm. It's affected our relationship with God. It's affected our relationship with one another. It's reflect, affected our relationship with nature. And it's affected our relationship with ourselves, mm-hmm. right? We don't interpret ourselves as we should, Yeah. right? We talk about this is fancy theological term, the noetic effects of the fall, right? That our minds are also fallen. It's not yeah. just our bodies. Our minds are fallen. We don't sure. think as rightly as we should, right? So when someone says, well, I've always had these homosexual tendencies, maybe you have, mm-hmm. right? Because you're a sinner just like I am. Mm. And mm. I've always had tendencies to run towards sin. Mm-hmm. But again, we talk about that separation between facts and values yeah. or facts and feelings. Right? There's no separation there. Mm-hmm. My feelings can't dictate what truth is. 
And so just because I might feel this way or I'm having these tendencies, that doesn't mean that I can actually follow after that mm. if I'm going to follow God. Right? God created the world in this very specific way. Mm-hmm. He created it for a purpose. He created it with order. He created our human bodies with purpose and order. And so we have to bring our understanding of who we are in line with that truth. Yeah. Um, and so that's where I, I would just really dive. It's dive, diving deeper than just saying well, we're all born into sin. What does that mean that we're all born yeah. into sin, right? Yeah. I, I am. I'm a heterosexual male. I'm in. I'm married to my wife, right? But that doesn't mean that I always think rightly about myself. Still, as yeah, a Christian, yeah, of course not. My mind is still at war with my body, and Satan is always trying to get at. Hey, I'll do whatever I can to not get you to follow Jesus Christ yeah. and live yeah. out the gospel. I'll do whatever I can. And so um, I, w- I would look at the purpose of human nature. I would talk about the, the idea of sin. And really, I mean, I think the gospel answers this question for us. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I mean, Jesus Christ is our chief example here about how much he valued the human person, mm-hmm. right? That the, the, the son of God came down and took on human flesh, not just for a little bit, not for a side project, mm. right? He's like, well, I'll go redeem. I'll go <laughs> redeem this. Yeah, right? I'll go redeem this real quick, yeah. and then I'll come back to return to what and I'll I was. just be what I was before. Yeah, right. He said, no, no, no. I'll unite myself to that for eternity. Mm. Wow, to save these people. That's good. Right. So that act of love that he showed, the greatest act of love that we could find, the act of love he showed, and and the reality is he's he's calling us and wanting us to bring ourselves in line with that truth about how he would have us to live our our existence as human persons. Um, so we've got to think rightly about this issue. Yeah. It's a, I mean, it's a gospel issue. It's a gospel issue. And just thinking through the reality that, man, sin, it has distorted everything. And so just bringing it up again, Logan, like you said, I think it's really good. It's distorted your thought process. Yeah. And, and to change that thought process is going to take more than a conversation where I try to convince you I'm right and you're wrong. Or... But you can do that on Facebook, I think, pretty easily. Right, Facebook is the best place to change everybody's opinions, <laughs> That's like right? the worst, y'all. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> right. You can't have a, a, a discussion on Facebook. You just Not, can't. No. But, uh, but you think about it, you know, the, it is the gospel, though. Yeah. It, it takes a miraculous work of the Spirit to change our perspective. Mm-hmm. We need to have the conversations, and we need to have those conversations well. But, but at the end of the day, in those conversations, we've got to get back to what Logan's talking about. We've got to get back to the gospel. Mm-hmm. Here's what sin is. Here's what sin has affected. But there's a solution for that, and his name is Jesus. And here's what Jesus Christ has done. I mean, it, th- that's the conversation that we've got to have in the midst of this really crazy uh, issue of personhood. And, and I think on top of that, right, as we're having these conversations, we're talking to people, sharing the gospel, and they come to faith. Let's mm-hmm. say, like, Pray to God, they come to faith. Absolutely. They're still going to struggle with these things. Of course they will, yeah. Right, because we're constantly being transformed by the renewal of our minds. And so even if we have brothers and sisters in Christ who are still struggling with these issues, we've got to love them, mm-hmm. disciple them, train them, because we want to bring our thoughts in line with what the Word of God says. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's loving people across all areas of the spectrum with the gospel of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. Very good. Um, and calling people to holiness and following God. You know, one thing I think this has done, though, unfortunately, is I think it it has made it more difficult for us to be able to talk about the gospel because, again, we're getting back to postmodern thought where that's good for you, not for me. And so when you have this conversation, you know, there is some way that you have to say this this standard doesn't change. You Mm. know, I feel like you have to say that. This is not me. 
This yeah. is what the Bible says. Yeah, I'm not making this and, up. And this I'm not being a Bible God thumper. Says. I don't right. even mean being a Bible thumper, but just understanding that yeah. this is not just what I think. Yeah. It goes uh, back to worldview and yeah. truth that we talked yeah. about last week, that we have a standard of truth that we're living by. We're not making this up, right, that we've chosen to base our lives on the standard of truth that God has revealed in his word. I mean, this has been we this belief has been going on for thousands of years. Absolutely. This is not something that came up in the last 30 days, yeah. you know. And um and what's surprising is when you talk to people and you kind of lay your cards on the table like you talked about, they're like shocked. They're like, well, I've never heard this before. Mm. <laughs> you're mm. going, really? Yeah. So, you know, you just, and that's why I think you have to lay your cards on the table. So that, that's good. that makes a big Very difference. Very good. Very good. All right. Well, this has been great. I, I, I didn't know what to expect, but I think this has been a much more revealing to me than, uh, than I thought it would ever be. Well, pastor, uh, thank you, Logan. Appreciate you being here today again. And, uh, uh, I think we're going to have him back. Yeah, again, we might right? have smart boy back a couple more times. Yeah, that'll be good. That'll He's doing be good. okay. He's doing okay. So, uh, Pastor, why don't you close us out and uh, prepare us for what we're going to be doing? Yeah, we hope this has been helpful for you today. This is an interesting issue, and again, uh, I'd recommend that if you want to know more about this particular issue, to grab that book by Nancy Piercy called "Love Thy Body." She really does a good job of breaking this stuff down and helping you think through these issues from a, a Christian worldview. And man, right now more than ever, we really need to think rightly about what we believe and how it does affect every area of our lives. So if this has been helpful for you, go ahead and give us a five-star review on your podcast service. Subscribe so you can have new content delivered to your device every single week. And we hope, as always, that this episode has helped you connect faith to life.